Hi, and welcome to another podcast from The Human Diver, where we are looking to apply counter-errorism techniques in diving. By that we mean human factors and non-technical skills. Our goal is to give you the knowledge and skills so that your dives are safer and more enjoyable. The podcast is a mixture of short podcasts based on the blogs we have, and longer podcasts, which will be interviews or discussion topics. Show notes will be provided so you can dig deeper if you want. Ready to jump in? The problem with words like success, failure, good, bad, better, worse, safe and unsafe is that they rely on a context to derive meaning. Over the last two weeks I've been facilitating a two-week workshop to develop two more human diver instructors, Wendell Adams and Andras Gunicki. This is the final two weeks of the five-month 100 plus hour instructor development program and culminates in them leading a two-day class which has a mixture of theory and five interactive and dynamic simulations with up to six students in the class. To make things more realistic, rather than use instructor candidates to pretend to be students, I make sure we have live students in the class. These students primarily come from diving backgrounds, sports, military, media or scientific diving, but sometimes we have safety professionals, IT consultants, engineering management and others. Having mixed Newly formed teams can pose challenges because the instructor has to facilitate the creation of a team quickly. And at the same time, the results are pretty impressive because psychological safety is created rapidly and the team work effectively together to achieve the learning goals. The tools we use have a competitive or result-orientated approach to generate another layer of stress. On top of the challenges that come from perceived time pressures, incomplete information, information floods, poor interface design, goal and task conflicts, and lack of role clarity. Given the results dimension, a discussion about what is success and what is failure often comes up. And this week was no exception. What does success mean in a simulation where we are developing teams, understanding the need for role clarity, exercising clear communications, and recognizing the impact of information flood and high workload on situation awareness? Is it about getting a high score a measure of results-driven performance? Or is it about working together as a team so errors or mistakes are reduced, non-technical skills, but having a lower overall score? In the simulation, we have a way of measuring proxies for certain behaviors like results-orientated drive, effective communication, team collaboration, and cognitive capacity. When certain behaviors fail, then negative scoring is applied, which means the team members can see the impact of not effectively putting these non-technical skills into practice. The students then have to reflect during the debrief on the mission and then draw parallels with their own diving or other operations to ensure the learning is transferred from playing a computer simulation to the real world. You don't have to have high fidelity physical simulators to create learning in the non-technical skills domain. What everyone can see from the simulation during the debrief is that being successful isn't just about getting it right, it is also heavily influenced by how much you get it wrong. Right and wrong are purposely put in inverted commas because they are normative terms. They require a standard to be judged against. In these simulations, we use the scores as a starting point for discussion to explore what happened in the simulation and how it made sense for those involved to do what they did, but we don't compare across classes as a metric. Rather, we are looking to see what learning comes from the mission and the debrief. Low scores or not achieving goals, failure, might lead to huge learning. The debrief and observation of others becomes a huge reflective mirror in which we can often see our own behaviors in others, so there is no hiding. 
As an example, on the first week of the class, the three candidates and I operated as a crew of four. There wasn't a defined leader, but I ended up leading for a number of reasons. Not least I had used the software before. I was the instructor trainer for the second week and I wanted to beat the score we'd had before. And finally, subconsciously, I probably felt that I couldn't fail in front of the candidates I was teaching. As I knew how the software worked and what failures would come up, I pushed the speed up, managing the energy to the limits, which meant as a team, we had very limited capacity to fail safely. If something had been introduced that took my attention away, it would have likely wiped out the benefits we had accrued. Goal-orientated leadership. When the mission finished, I thought we had done well, outcome bias, until the trainer who was teaching the candidates how to use the software asked me how things were. I had no idea how close I was to the line of failure. The results or score were good. However, the capacity to fail safely was almost non-existent. The debrief was really informative for me in terms of being conscious of my traits and what I can do differently next time. While there had been high levels of psychological safety at the start, during the final two minutes, there was some reticence to challenge what was going on from the other team members. They believed I had it right, but didn't feel they could ask a question. Hmm, challenger safety appeared to be missing. Something else to consider, decisions made by one person in the team can have disastrous consequences for someone else further down the timeline. We make assumptions all the time, but we need to validate the critical ones if we are to fail safely. Because the courses we run aren't about being good astronauts, they are about reflecting on our performance and transferring that to diving and improving that. So let's take this topic back to diving. How often have you been part of a team where the leader is goal-orientated? Someone who knows how to play the system to get the most out of it. What did you do? How aware was your leader about the issues developing? I know I was task-loaded and didn't look up at all to see how the team were faring. How much resilience or capacity to fail safely have you got in your operations? How do you know? Have you ever considered the instructor, dive master or guide not being there for whatever reason? Maybe they've had a technical or medical issue? Have you validated your emergency action plan? When was the last time you actually rescued someone from depth, towed them to the side or boat, got their kid off them, and started using a Rususi Annie to do CPR? How often do you run a critical, honest debrief which focuses on behaviours and not individuals? You seek to understand how it made sense rather than why did it happen that way. The latter, why, infers a judgment and asks someone to counter your position where the other way was the right way. How often do you or your instructors work to get a high number of certifications, but the performance of the student is a just about past? What are the implications of this later on? Being good isn't just about getting it right because in high consequence environments, it is also about not getting it wrong because the hazard can be much greater than the linked reward. Non-technical skills can have benefits in normal environments, but their value shines when the proverbial hits the fan and you are time limited and you have to work out what is going on, make and communicate the decisions and ensure there is a shared mental model within the team so everyone is pointing in the right direction. Being safe is not just the absence of accidents or incidents, nor is it solely being compliant with the rules and standards that have been given to you. It is about understanding the context you are in putting barriers and defences in place to drive the probability of the adverse event as close to zero as possible, and planning to and failing safely because we know that we are fallible. Failing safely also means validating the critical assumptions you've made during your planning and briefing. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more about what was discussed in this episode, head over to the Human Diver website at thehumandiver.com where you will find details about our education programs, the If Only documentary, the book Under Pressure, and the many, many blogs we have published there. If you think others should listen and learn, consider sharing the link. Thank you.